You know, the Bible teaches us that there's not a name that's greater than that name of Jesus. That every name, every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess, and bow before that name of Jesus to the glory of God the Father. There's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved but at the name of Jesus. I'm so thankful for that beautiful name today. You know, there are times, there have been times in my life and probably times in your life too that you just get down to pray and you really didn't know what to pray for or how to pray or what to ask for. But there have been times that I'd just get down and all I could say was just, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But he always came to the rescue because there's no greater name on the face of this earth than that name of Jesus. There's a lot of things this world is seeking. They're seeking fame. They're seeking fortune. They're seeking the riches of this world. But folks, we need to lift up the name of Jesus because Jesus is what we need to be seeking today. Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that name of Jesus. In the Bible, we find some scripture, and I'd like to share this with you this morning, uh, just briefly from the book of First Corinthians chapter 2 and beginning at verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and beginning at verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. For I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Father, we thank you for your precious word today. We thank you, God, that your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And Lord, we come to you at this moment of time asking you for your divine touch. I admit before you in this congregation today that I'm nothing without your anointing and without your power. And Lord, I need your touch today to bring this message that you have laid upon our hearts for this congregation today. And Father, we pray that everything that's done today will be done to lift up the wonderful, magnificent name of Jesus. Father, if we could just place a cross or a picture of Jesus in front of this pulpit today and the congregation would only see him and just hear my voice, 
God, that would be worth everything to me because I want to lift him up. And Father, I pray that needs would be met in this congregation. If there's any today that doesn't know you as a personal Savior, Lord, I pray that this would be the hour that they could come to find you as a personal Savior. Lord, draw us near to you. Encourage our hearts. Lift us up together. And everything you do, we'll give you the praise. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes it's just good to say the name Jesus. Jesus. So I guess you've got an idea of what I want to preach about this morning. You know, as I began praying and, and seeking God, Brother Jerry called me Friday, and I began praying and just talking to the Lord about this, and, and I just asked what He would have me to preach and what He would have me to say. And, and I just thought about these scriptures and this topic today. There's no other topic or greater topic that I could preach today than just preach Jesus just to preach Jesus. Would you join with me today in unison today and let's just say that wonderful name together. Say it with me today. Jesus. I believe we can do better than that. Let's say it again. Jesus. One more time louder. Let's say it together. Jesus. Amen. He's a wonderful wonderful Savior today. Hallelujah. And I praise God for the privilege just to stand before you and to talk about this one, Jesus. The Lord called me to preach many years ago, and, and I've tried to preach since that time, but God had His hand on me, and I think I've mentioned this here before, but God had his hand on me when I was two and three years old. We'd visit my granddaddy, and, who was a preacher, and my uncle and his family who were preachers. And the first thing when we'd get there, I'd say, Granddaddy, do you want to hear me preach? <laughs> three years old. I'd stand up in an old cane-bottom straight chair. I'd use the back of it for a pulpit. And I'd preach about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. And you know, I didn't know at that time, but later on, God placed that call upon my life to preach His Word. And I've been trying to do that ever since. The Bible tells us in John chapter 3, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of God be lifted up. We must lift him up. And if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness. You know the account of what happened about that. Those that were bitten by that deadly serpent, they were going to die. Their, their doom had been sealed if they were bitten by that serpent. But God told Moses to put that serpent up on a pole and those that looked upon that serpent 
would be healed and they wouldn't die because of that bite. Folks, uh, I was bitten by that serpent of sin. Uh, you were bitten by that serpent of sin. Uh, but there was a cross uh, lifted up one day. Uh, yeah. There was one hanging on that cross. Uh, and when we look on him, uh, we can be saved and we can be healed of that sin sickness. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful today that we can look upon that one Jesus. In these scriptures, we find today the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And the Apostle Paul was a great, great man of God. And you've read his history and, and you've read the things about him and, and read about him in the scriptures. But the Apostle Paul was a Roman citizen but he lived in Jerusalem. And he was born of a family of Pharisees. So as touching the law, he said that he could not be found blameless because he knew the law. He was familiar with the law. And he studied the law. In fact, he was taught at the feet of Gamaliel, who was a great teacher of at that time. And the Apostle Paul, then as he encountered the Lord Jesus in the book of Acts chapter 9, as he was on his way to Damascus, uh, you remember the account of what happened as, as there was a great light that came in his path and it, it knocked him to the ground, a light brighter than the noonday sun. And it knocked him to the ground and he began to talk with the Lord. And, and he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And the Lord anointed Paul to go forth. You know the account of his life how he preached the gospel. He established churches. Uh, he taught other young people. Uh, he, he encountered them and, and ministered to them and taught them along the way. Men such as Barnabas and Titus and Timothy and Priscilla and Aquila and many, many others uh, that he mentored uh, along the way. Uh, but in doing all of this, uh, he established many churches uh, and preached many revivals uh, and was in the middle of a lot of storms. Uh, but even in the midst of all of this, uh, with all of his education, all of his learning, all of his ability, intellectual ability, in these verses of Scripture, he said that I'm not coming to you with excellency of speech uh, or with the wisdom that I might have, uh, but I'm coming to you declaring not to know anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Uh, hallelujah. 
We don't need uh, more theological discourses. Uh, we don't need uh, more things. Uh, and it's great to have an education. Uh, it's great to have the learning from the scriptures. Uh, but we need the anointing uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, to lift up Jesus uh, and to magnify and to recognize uh, we don't need to look at anything uh, except Him uh, hanging on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. And the Apostle Paul said that I, I just, I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And he said, I was with you in weakness and, and I was with you in fear. I was with you in much trembling. And my preaching and my speech was not enticing words of man's wisdom but what was it in? He said it was in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Zechariah 4, 6 lets you and me know that it's not by might, it's not by our ability, it's not by our physical strength, it's not by our intellect, it's not by our charisma. It's not by anything we might have. But he said, it is not by my power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful today that we can preach Jesus to this lost and a dying world. Paul preached to many, many people. He went through many storms, but Jesus was always there with him. Have you had a Damascus Road experience? You say, well, preacher, I didn't get knocked down by a bright light. I didn't hear a great voice from heaven. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that every one of us can have that Damascus Road experience uh, where we find ourselves uh, kneeling at the foot of the cross uh, and asking Jesus, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And Paul did that throughout his ministry. There was another man that I read about in the scripture that I want to share with you a little bit today that preached just like Paul did, but not as much. But he was a great preacher. And his name was Philip. And in the Bible, we find four people named Philip. Two of these were King, were King Herod the Great's sons. One of them was one of the Twelve disciples who led Nathaniel to Jesus. You remember that, Philip. And then there was the Philip that I want to mention this morning who was called Philip the deacon or Philip the evangelist. In fact, this Philip was one of the seven deacons that was originally appointed to serve and work in the church at Jerusalem. He was a servant. He had a servant's heart. 
But I believe down deep, Philip was an evangelist because the Bible teaches us that he stayed there in Jerusalem for a while and then he went to Samaria to conduct a revival in Samaria. And we find this in the book of Acts. We can find it in chapter 7 and chapter 8 of the book of Acts, how Philip left Jerusalem and went to Samaria for a great revival. And the Bible said that they were having a tremendous revival. In fact, the Bible says that there was great joy in the city. And the revival was going well and, and things were happening and people were being saved and, and people were coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And, but all of a sudden, Philip heard a voice of the Spirit that said, I want you to leave Samaria and I want you to go down to Gaza, which is desert. Now, Philip might have been like you and me. You and I might have said, well, Lord, I sure am having a great revival here. Why do you want me to go there? And anyway, that's down in the desert. But you know, God, when God asks us to do something, He's already working on it on the other end. He's already moving on the other end. And the Bible knew, and God knew, and Philip knew exactly what was going to take place if he obeyed God. So Philip left this great revival, and he went down to Gaza, which is desert. And you know the account of what happened he saw a man there, a great Ethiopian, the Bible said, of great authority. In fact, he was the, the treasurer of Queen Candace's court in Ethiopia. And the Bible said that the Spirit told Philip to join himself to that chariot. Now, I'm sure a man of this authority wasn't there just by himself. There were probably many others around him, many others there with him, but Philip didn't let that hinder him. How many of us today have let the crowds hinder us from doing what God wanted us to do? How many of us today have let somebody hinder us from obeying the voice of God? Uh, Lord, I pray today that all of us uh, would seek your face in such a way uh, that we would not let anybody or anything uh, stand in the way of doing what God bids us to do. Hallelujah. And Philip joined himself with that chariot. And the man in the chariot was reading from the prophet Isaiah. And he was reading about the one who was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearers, 
He opened not his mouth. And he said, Philip, was he speaking of himself or someone else? And that just opened a door for this evangelist Philip. And the Bible said in Acts chapter 8, verse 35, And Philip opened his mouth and began at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Hallelujah. He took the opportunity to preach Jesus. I believe that he talked about Jesus being born of a virgin. I believe he talked about Jesus being born of that young woman who had never known a man, but she was going to have a child because she had been overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. I believe that he preached about Jesus growing up in the carpenter's shop of his earthly father, Joseph. I believe he preached about Jesus walking down to the river of Jordan and John was baptizing uh, saints unto repentance uh, but he said uh, oh there's one that's coming after me uh, he said I'm not that light uh, but I'm just the one uh, to bear witness of that light uh, there's one coming after me uh, who is mightier than I am uh, I'm not even worthy to stoop down uh, and loose his shoes uh, I baptize you with water under repentance uh, but he shall baptize you uh, with the Holy Ghost uh, and with fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe he told him all of these things. And I believe he told him about uh, how John uh, looked and one day saw Jesus coming. Uh, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I believe he told him about Jesus being arrested, Jesus being put on trial and mocked and ridiculed. I believe he told him about the cruel suffering that he did on the cross of Calvary, shedding his blood that you and I might be redeemed. I believe he preached all of this to him and told him all about Jesus, all about him because as they traveled on, they came to some water. So I know he'd been telling him about being baptized. He said, here's some water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? He said, if you believe with all of your heart, you shall be baptized and you shall be saved and baptized. Thank God for that promise today. Thank God that he's always with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll give us the words to witness everywhere we go in every situation. Hallelujah. As they traveled on, he was baptized. And you know the account of what happened. The Bible said the Spirit just took Philip up. And, and the next thing you know, he was in Azotus, which was 20 miles away. 20 miles away. <clears throat> then he went from there to Caesarea and began preaching. 
And we don't run into Philip again in the Scriptures until about 20 years later when the Apostle Paul and, and some were going to Caesarea and they stayed with Philip at his home. And Philip at this time had four unmarried daughters, you remember the Scripture said, and all of them had the gift of prophecy. Then after that, we don't find any more in the Scripture about Philip. But Philip was a great evangelist, and he took advantage of the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ Folks, we need to share that good news. Uh, if we're on our job, uh, if we're in Walmart, uh, if we're downtown, wherever we are, we need to take advantage uh, and share that good news uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's Jesus uh, that will make a difference uh, in our churches. Uh, it's not the beauty of the sanctuary. Uh, it's not the programs uh, and the social gatherings. Uh, it's not the entertainment uh, and the music that's so appealing. Uh, it's not the religious uh, rhetoric from the pulpit uh, that might tickle the ear in some churches. Uh, but I'm thankful today uh, that if we preach Jesus, uh, He'll draw men and boys and girls uh, and women unto Him. Hallelujah. Jesus will bring old-fashioned conviction in our congregation and men and women and boys and girls can kneel at an altar of prayer and cry out to God, save my soul, forgive me of my sins, save my soul. I don't want to go to a devil's hell. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today here at Harvest we hear the Word of God. We hear the Word. And I'm thankful for that today. Philip took advantage of this opportunity to share the good news. Jesus, he's the one that's full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is a light in a sin-darkened world. Jesus is our food for the hungry. He's water for the thirsty. He's comfort for the downcast. Uh, Jesus is the strength for the weak. Uh, he's hope for the helpless. Uh, he's the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, he is the King of kings uh, and the Lord of lords. Uh, he's our sanctifier. He's our savior. He's our baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. He's our intercessor and thank Thank God. He's our soon coming king. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. Well, Paul preached about this man, Jesus. Philip preached about this man, Jesus. And I want to share one other great man from the scriptures that we find in the Bible that preached Jesus. And I'm going to be closing soon, so if we could get some music, please. And his name is Peter. 
Paul and Philip and Peter. And you know Peter, you've heard a lot of sermons about him. Pastor Don, Brother Ford, I can identify with him at times. Sometimes I do things without thinking first. Sometimes I say things that I hadn't really thought through. Sometimes I'm impulsive. I hate to tell you this, but sometimes, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in here, but sometimes we do like Peter. Sometimes we even fly off the handle a little bit. I see some looks out there that said, Preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about myself, I guess. But you know, Peter was that great man that was in the inner circle with Jesus. But he was impulsive. He did sometimes do things without thinking, thinking it through. He did fly off the handle sometimes. You remember one time he pulled out a sword and cut a man's ear off. Peter did all those things, but Peter's the only one of Jesus' followers that ever stepped out of that boat and walked on the water. Sometimes we criticize Peter for get, taking his eyes off the Lord and beginning to sink. But at least he got out of the boat and walked. But on the great day of Pentecost, as we read in Acts chapter 2, Peter is the one that the Bible said stood up in the midst of the eleven. And the people were wondering what's going on. What in the world has happened? The Holy Ghost had come as a rushing mighty wind. Cloven tongues of fire had set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, they began to go out into the city and preach the good news of God and the wonderful works of God and people from every nation that was there in the city at that time heard it in their own language. Uh, they began to say, what in the world is going on? This is strange. But Peter stood up in the midst of all of them and he said, Men and brethren, these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that that was promised by the prophet Joel, that in the last days 
I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, the old men's a dream dreams, the young men will see visions, and upon my servants and handmaidens, I will pour out of my spirit, and they will prophesy. He said, this is that. I don't know when that is coming, but I'm thankful today. I'm glad I've got this. I'll hold on to this until that does get here. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for what we have, and I'm thankful for this today. And he began to preach Jesus. He said, all of you people in the house of Israel, you know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. He preached to them, and he preached that you must be repent of your sins and be baptized and you can repent of your sins be forgiven be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost he said whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I'm so thankful today that Peter preached that great message on the day of Pentecost and three 3,000 people were saved and added to the church that day. Hallelujah. Does that tell the church world in America something today? If we will preach Jesus and Him crucified, He'll draw all men unto Him. We don't need sermons that just tickle our ears and let us go out these doors with a little warm fuzzy in our hearts. We don't need messages like that. We need messages from the fire of God, from the altar of God that will touch hearts and change lives and conviction will fall in the midst of the congregation and we can be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and people can be healed and delivered and set free from addictions and bondage and all the chains that the devil may have upon them. The name of Jesus can and set them free. Hallelujah. Set them free. I'm so thankful that many years ago that great messenger angel Gabriel came to Mary in Luke chapter 1 verse 31 and said, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and shalt bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus. I love that name of Jesus. In 1972, on March the 11th, I said the name of my son. He was born that day, March the 11th, 1972. My son's name is Mark Jason Green. 
And I said that name, and I thought, oh, that's a beautiful name. I love that name. And you know, a few years ago, the Lord just blessed me and brought into my life a good Christian lady, and I learned the name Laura Francis. Uh-oh, sorry, Laura. I wasn't supposed to tell him your middle name, was it? But I thought, what a beautiful name. That's a beautiful, beautiful name. But Mark Jason, Laura Francis, Paul, who was my daddy, Louise, who was my mother, Rodney, who was my brother, those names pale in comparison to the name of Jesus, my Lord and my Savior, the one that died for me, the one that gave his life on the cross of Calvary for my sins. Do you know him today? Do you know him today? Is he your Savior? Would you stand with us this morning, please? And as this music plays today, I want to give an invitation. First of all, I'd like to say, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today is the day that you could find Him precious to your soul. Today is the day that you could accept Him as your personal Savior because He loves you and He cares for you. If you don't know Him today, He's here today, and you can find Him around these altars. If you've drifted away from Him, if you're a prodigal son, if you're a prodigal daughter, do you know the Father standing right here with His arms stretched open wide? just waiting for you to come home. If you're cold, if you haven't felt that fire of God lately in your heart like you did at one time, the fires of God are burning around these altars. I feel the Holy Ghost up here. I don't know about back there, but I feel Him here. And He's here to help you. 